0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide, your insider's guide to all things franchising in the local marketplace. I'm Blake Martin, local small business franchise owner and your Heartland Franchise Guy. This is the place for advocacy, resources, and education on all things franchising in the local area and a great place for any entrepreneur to stop by if they're just looking to learn more about the franchising industry. Now, in that standard intro that I give every single time, I say advocacy, resources, and education. And that's the focus of our session today. We've got a really unique one today. We don't just have a guest. We have guests. We have a whole audience. We have a classroom of budding entrepreneurs. So I would like to introduce all of our listeners to what is the pioneer class for entrepreneurship curriculum at the University of Nebraska-Lincoln. Can everybody say hi there at UNL? Thanks for joining us today, everybody. We look forward to talking with you about the beginning of your entrepreneurial journey and what you're learning in class right now. As we get started with this, I want to first go over a couple of things with the facilitator of this class, Dr. Lindsay Thompson. Dr. Thompson, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be here. We appreciate it. I know you were one of the early architects of this curriculum and of this pioneer classroom. Before I forget, I gotta do I gotta do the legal thing here, right? So, Dr. Thompson is the assistant professor of practice and director of business development at the University of Nebraska Lincoln. Did I get that right?
1: Yes, you did for the College of <laughs>
0: Business. Okay, now everybody repeat her exact title since she's your teacher. Y'all you to repeat that? No kidding. Dr. Thompson has been one of the architects of this classroom curriculum on franchising, which makes sense because Dr. Thompson has been a franchisee herself, a franchisor herself. She has currently worked on and built out models for franchise peer performance groups. And as I warned you, Dr. Thompson, I also mentioned I was going to bring up something that I think is very relevant to any franchise relationship role, and that is you held a particular license at one time in your career, correct? That's right. License therapist?
1: Yeah, so licensed therapist? Yes, yeah. a licensed therapist. I worked with couples and relationships, which does actually tickle franchising.
0: Absolutely. It's all about relationships, as I'm sure your students are learning.
2: Absolutely. So, so-
0: that was the answer to question number three, by the way, in case the classroom is wondering. So so you're uniquely, uniquely qualified for this, but if I understand, um, it's been a heavy lift and you've really collaborated with a lot of community partners and obviously the foresight of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln to make this happen. Can you talk a little bit about the community partners that have been involved?
1: Yes, without them, we would absolutely not have this class and the curriculum that is within the class. The University of Nebraska did have a franchise program back in the 80s and some incredible people went through it to launch some franchise organizations locally like Paul Hogan of Home Instead. And he's just one of the incredible people that has not only spoken to the class and helped with the curriculum, but he was credited or I credit him for bringing in a lot of other really great people locally to help out with this class. So many of the other franchisors in Nebraska, franchisees, alumni who are Huskers that went on to become franchisees themselves, they've all come back to help with the curriculum. Many of them have spoken to the class, and all of the students have reached out to at least one brand to get to know them and learn about them experientially. So I am grateful for everybody in our community and outside that has helped to put this class on the books again in all these years.
0: That's fantastic. Thanks. So they're getting some real-life experiences.
1: Yes, they are. Well, I guess they can tell you
3: about that.
0: Yeah, they can. We're going we're gonna to turn it over to the stars of the show now. And I just want to start with, I haven't been able to get Paul Hogan on this podcast and you guys already got him in your classroom. So I'm a little bit jealous and I might take you to task on that, everybody. So by a show of hands, let's talk a little bit about backgrounds, right? Because people come from all different backgrounds in the franchising industry. I want to talk about your backgrounds academically. Could I see by a show of hands... Who is currently in a major or a concentration related to business? That's a lot of them. Okay. How about instead of or in addition to that, anybody with a finance, accounting, or economics background or concentration? Got a handful of those. That's important in any business, right? Uh, how about marketing? Anybody in marketing or a marketing-related degree? Got a couple there. All right. And how many, are, how many of you are majoring in franchise, brokerage, and consulting businesses? Okay, well, we don't have that major yet. Maybe that's a minor at UNL, so. Well, I am really impressed that you're all here, and I'm impressed that you're the pioneers in this class as the university is restarting this curriculum. I'm really interested to hear, and I'm interested because I'm one of those entrepreneurs that if I could have done anything differently, I would have started sooner, And it seems to me that we got a whole classroom of people who aren't going to wait around to learn more about how they could become entrepreneurs early in their professional career. So the first question for the daring individual is what provoked you, what caused you, what motivated you to register for this class in the first place?
3: Hi, my name is Josh Verdico. My background is in entrepreneurial management. In organizational psychology and so I I've always wanted to run a business I'd love to be a CEO I'm super entrepreneurial I kind of go against the grain I don't want to work a nine-to-five and one of my best buddies um, he just raised he just raised eight million dollars for his seed a he's a great entrepreneur a great mentor and I I want to run businesses. I I look at him and I'm like, wow, he has this great unicorn idea. That's awesome. But what if I never think of that? And I still want to run a business, a successful business. And I still want to make decisions and manage high-performing teams. And I was like, wait, franchising could be a really great opportunity for me to break into that space without having this unicorn idea and still be able to, uh, run a business, manage teams, you know, work with great individuals. And so. Uh, that was kind of the idea that prompted me to take this franchising course.
0: Love it! Thank you very much for sharing that. That was a very authentic response, and now it makes a lot more sense. While you're in that classroom, absolutely appreciate it. Who else? Can we get somebody else to volunteer? What What was it that motivated you to register for this class?
4: Okay, so my name is Sierra. Um, Hi, Sierra there's a lot of different things I would say that motivated me to take this class. And at the beginning of the class, we actually had to reflect on that and I wasn't really sure why I chose it. Uh, but now that I think about it a little more, when I was in high school and throughout high school, in the beginning of my college career, I worked at a pizza hut. Um, and then as you guys may know, that is a franchise. Right? <laughs> and I liked that I could take the processes and, um, transfer them between stores so I could go work at different stores and at event centers. And um, when I was searching for classes, I took a special topics class before, and this is a special topics class right now. And it was really interesting. And I read the course description, and I thought that would be um, really cool to to gain more knowledge on that.
0: Makes a lot of sense to me. That, that's inspiring. I'm really glad to hear that it's working out for you. Thank you, Sierra. Mm-hmm. So now I'm going to throw out the question to the classroom that you were all probably expecting me to ask, but I really want to hear because I bet you there's a variety of responses. So you registered for this class that you knew was focused on entrepreneurship uh, and franchising. You're how many weeks into the class now? Whoever's got the mic can answer that.
4: <laughs> seven or eight. I think seven or eight.
0: Okay, seven or eight. <laughs> Only feels like two, right? It's the <laughs> funnest class you've ever had.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Seven or eight. Um, somebody share with me, what have you learned from this class about franchising that you never thought you would learn in a classroom?
4: I can go ahead and share really quickly since I still have the mic. Um, but I thought it was really interesting. I never thought about how much relationships play into franchising, but, um, taking the class, it was really, I really quickly realized that it's all about relationships,
0: I couldn't agree more. <laughs> that's a great one. Couldn't think of a better way to lead off on that because we talk in a lot of our episodes on this podcast about that's where the magic happens in franchising, right? You've got a, you've got a contract, you've got a written agreement and, and terms associated with that. But when success really happens in franchising is when trust is built between the franchisor and the franchisee. So I appreciate you highlighting that, Sierra
3: i've got one that i think is particularly interesting back to josh again okay um i thought it was i I thought it was really interesting to hear about sometimes the lack of experience in a certain industry can be beneficial when starting a new franchise i mean if you've worked at a starbucks and you're trying to open a scooters franchise scooters does not want all that baggage coming from starbucks and introducing it into their uh into their algorithm and processes So sometimes a a bit of a disconnect, but an interest in the industry can be a good thing. So that's something I found particularly interesting.
0: I appreciate that insight. Again, couldn't agree with you more. And it's not one of those things that you expect to come up in, in the discussion, do
3: you? Exactly.
0: How about, can I pick on one of the, oh, we got somebody who wants to add to that?
3: Yeah, I was. Just, my name's Coleman. I was just gonna say one thing I found interesting about this class is a franchisee works on the business and not in the business. Um, so, like, more on the business side and not like, say, you're at Scooters and you're not making the coffee, you're growing the business. So,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Hold on a second. Don't pass the microphone. So, what would you? And this is not a test. It's just an opportunity to expand on that a little bit. In a scenario like that where you're working on the business as the franchise owner, what types of things, based upon what you've heard, and and you guys must have had some conversations about scooters in the classroom, what types of things would you see yourself probably focusing on if you were the owner of a scooters?
3: Uh, Like growing the business, uh, like the finances of it, um, just kind of like the background work of that.
0: Absolutely. Thank you. You guys must have already had your first test on this stuff doing pretty well. Could anybody else share? Maybe we get one more share on um what about franchising has surprised you? You've learned something that you never expected to learn in a classroom.
2: Hi, I'm Shannon. Um kind of going off like what Josh said, you don't have to have a passion for your industry, which really surprised me. I thought you would want to like be really involved and really want to like go, you know, all in, Um, but honestly, it's just about finding like the best fit for you and like what matches like your personality rather than like what the actual business is.
0: Well said. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to put you on a billboard for my business, Shannon.
2: (laughs) Please don't.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like we said at the beginning when we're getting everybody prepared for this, be your authentic self, right? (laughs) Fair enough. We won't, I promise. I think we'd have to get all kinds of disclaimers anyways.
2: I wouldn't be able to bring you the business you'd want, I promise that.
0: Nothing <laughs> to you, all, all me. Fair enough. I have a feeling you'd speak well to it, though. <laughs> so, of the classroom, does anybody in here already have an idea for a business that they want to start, or they've already... Started working on their own business and would be willing to share a little bit about that.
3: Howdy. Hi. Josh again. Hi, Josh again. <laughs> um I Are you sure you have, don't want to be in marketing, Josh? What was that?
0: Are you sure you don't want to be in marketing?
3: You know, I agree, you know, funny you mention it because I do quite <laughs> a bit of marketing work as my business. So couldn't think uh, of a better lead-in. Go ahead. Yeah, you and me both. I so I'm a photographer and cinematographer by trade. Um, studying entrepreneurship in college because I figured I can learn enough about photo and video stuff on my own, and I, I'd learn how to run, I'd learn how to turn it into a business while I'm in school. Um, but for I've been shooting for the past six or seven years, and uh, I've recently been um, I recently LLC'd, and now I'm uh, working for a lot of marketing firms and ad agencies in the Nebraska area. And I've been able to do a lot of shoots with like Adidas and NBC Mm -hmm. and all that fun stuff. So I, uh, I do a lot of photo and video photography, cinematography for commercial clients and individuals in the Nebraska area.
0: Fantastic. Congratulations on the launch. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. What, what did that feel like signing the paperwork on the LLC?
3: Um, my dad's a lawyer, so it was a pretty smooth process, to but, um, it felt good. It felt good. It was, uh, it was a bit liberating. So I, you know, I can kind of pave my own path now. I don't have to, don't have to work at target anymore.
0: I love that answer. By the way, I hope your dad gave you a break on his billing rate.
3: Yeah, he did. Well, he good. Did. Good.
0: Yeah. Anybody else want to share a business idea or something that they've got in process? Maybe no takers on that one yet.
3: Soon, <laughs> in development. We'd have to. We'd all have to uh, to sign NDAs if we were uh, to talk about them.
0: All right. All right. Fair enough. That means that you got some real specific ideas in mind. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Who'd like to share with everybody in regards to? what you see as the future of entrepreneurship. And I'm asking this question for a very specific reason. You are the future of entrepreneurship in our country, in our state, in our communities. And I'd really like to hear from you as you think about the future of entrepreneurship and what business ownership could look like for you and for our community. What comes to mind for you?
2: Hi, it's Shannon again. Hi, Shannon. Um, I honestly think that entrepreneurship will start to be talked about more, and it will start to look less scary. Um, A lot of times when we hear about entrepreneurship right now, it's about, like, all the failures people have gone through, rather than, like, starting from zero and kind of working themselves up and, like, those bumps along the way. So just kind of starting to see, like, yes, you may deal with failures, but that's not like the end of it, and yeah. Yeah.
0: That is a great answer. I mean, there's some similarities to what you might hear from existing entrepreneurs, but some real differences there. Thank you, Shannon.
3: Yes. All right, Josh. Again, I think entrepreneurship. I, I think it's 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 kind of this novel thing to be praised for the longest time. I don't feel like entrepreneurship was something that was like actively encouraged or, uh, necessarily fostered. Um, and so I think in the past, like 20 to 30 years, like entrepreneurship has been this big booming thing. Like now our college of business is all about like build something, make something, start something, which I don't think was always the narrative. I could be wrong. Um, you're not wrong, (laughs) but I didn't think so. Um, but, and so I I love to see this huge encouragement in just starting your own thing. Uh, if we look at like the digital age and like e-commerce, I mean everyone's kind of becoming an entrepreneur. And like with hustle culture becoming a huge thing, um, everyone is just becoming their own little version of entrepreneurs. So I think that's really inspiring to see that you can kind of take the reins on your financial on your financial future and kind of ride it to wherever you to wherever it takes you. So. I'm uh, I'm excited to see how how entrepreneurship has been evolving over the past couple of years. So, and I think it's only going to exponentially grow. Yeah, I tend to agree
0: with you too. There's a there's a lot of variables that are working in in favor of that continuing to happen more and more in our in our gig economy. So, darn tooting. <laughs> Speaking of the gig economy and uh, adapting and innovating, I understand. You guys have recently been reading Michael Gerber, the E-Myth and or the E-Myth Revisited. Is that right? Yes. I think I see some nodding heads. (laughs) So who could speak to me about what you've learned thus far from those readings that's applicable to the franchising world?
3: One thing that I thought was particularly interesting from the E-Myth was um, the idea of entrepreneurship, technician and manager mm-hmm. and how to how it's not a balance, how it's not an equal split, and how a lot of entrepreneurs end up cheating and become a technician or manager in a role where they should probably be focusing on the business or maybe you know need to add a little bit of management in there, but you know they're too busy looking at big picture. So that whole concept of walking that line. I think is an interesting concept from the EMyth. Not getting stuck in the technician role and actually working on your business is very paramount to its success.
0: Thank you. Appreciate you sharing that. Certainly something I took away from that book many years ago. Can anybody else share an example from um, any of your readings on Michael Gerber, the EMyth or the E-Myth Revisited? I'm, I'm focusing in on this one because this is one that I encourage people who are, Looking at franchise opportunities to read through themselves.
3: Also, to be frank, we just started covering it last class. I'm sorry, wait, what's your name? Josh. (laughs) I'm kidding.
0: Oh, just in the last class. So this is very recent.
3: Yeah, this is like uber new. So, yeah, I just got the book a couple days ago, actually.
0: Fair enough. We're getting close. I told you this would go faster than you think, but we're getting close to the end of our time for the recording. So I'd be interested as we're starting to wrap up here in hearing from any of you. Remember I told you when we were setting this up that, hey, I'm going to learn from you. It's not just you learning from me. So I'd be interested to hear from you. Business owners like myself, I happen to be in the franchising world myself, but business owners like myself, if they're looking to connect with, and build trust with younger consumers like yourselves? What do they need to be thinking about? What activities should they be taking? What should they not be doing in order to build the trust with young adult consumers like yourselves?
2: Hi, I'm
0: Payson. Hi, Payson. Uh, I always say to build trust when you're in a job. It's all about like getting hands on, working in the field, working with people around you and like taking in all the advice you can. Because I feel like when I was working at my last job, they kind of just put me at a desk and said, here you go, you need to do this. And I'm not building any connections, not building my network with the boss or the other employees that, that work there. So for me, it's all about networking and building that connection with the people around you. That's a really interesting way of putting it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody else share? Somebody that's been thinking, gosh, I really want to say something, but I'm just finally getting comfortable for the first time now. Oh, here we go.
4: I was just going to add that I think like, um, like if I was a franchisee and I was looking at a franchisor, I would want them to be like really honest, open and supportive um, with all their processes. And then uh, maybe even like conflict they've experienced in the past. I know I interviewed, somebody who um, has just recently taken over a franchise store and um the franchisor recently had a lot of conflict in the past and i asked him if that had steered him away from that particular franchise at all and he said actually no because um he talked with them and he saw how they adjusted to the conflict and changed their processes for the better and so i thought that was a really good answer
0: wow yeah Kudos to you for recognizing that and internalizing that. I mean, that's that right there is kind of what gets at the core of franchising, right? Nothing's ever perfect, but learning from and getting better at the relationship side of it based upon your own experiences. Well, that is the ideal spot to officially wrap it up. I want to thank all of you guys for being here with us today, sharing your thoughts having the guts to be on a podcast about the franchising world when you're just seven weeks, potentially just seven weeks into your learning about the whole industry. So, thanks to all of you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Woo! <laughs> I think we should, we should probably end with a Go Big Red, right? Josh, are you going to lead it?
3: Oh, I got it. Go. I got it.
0: <laughs>
3: go Big Red! Go Big Red.
0: Nicely done. I'm excited enough for your class that even though I'm a Michigan fan, I participated in that one. (laughs) Hey, thanks to all of you. Thanks to our IT teams who on both sides of these microphones put in some overtime making this session happen. And thanks to Dr. Thompson for making the entire session happen in the first first place because you took leadership on bringing this to the local education community. Appreciate everybody's time. And I appreciate all of you joining us for another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guy, a unique one, a good one, one that you want to watch more than once. And remember to share it. Don't keep us a secret. So subscribe, follow, and share our podcast on YouTube and all the major platforms. If you know somebody who could learn something from people who have an unvarnished view of the industry, this is a great episode for that. So, thanks again to our classroom at University of Nebraska Lincoln, and we'll see all of you again on another episode of the Heartland Franchise Guide. Uhura Media
4: Production.